there. Welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops podcast where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Atlanta has been a key hub in the NBA tonight. We've got one trade that was made official, another that has unofficially been agreed to. Uh, so a lot happening. Uh, but in terms of that official trade, it was the Hawks, the Denver Nuggets, the Houston Rockets, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I have my friend Talal Abdullah on three weeks ago to talk about a trade with the Timberwolves when the Hawks acquired Jeff Teague. Uh, Didn't expect to have him on again, but three weeks later, the Hawks and Timberwolves have made a trade again. Talal, welcome. Hey, hey, how you doing, man? Are are you tired of watching the Timberwolves yet? I am not. I am not. Uh, It can be frustrating at times, but I I still enjoy watching them play. (laughs) (laughs) 13 in a row? Yeah, this, this is this is the big 1-3. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to celebrate right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not not the greatest game tonight. Maybe we start there. Uh, clearly, the Timberwolves were shorthanded because the trade was not official at the time of the start of the game, so there were plenty of players uh, just held out. And the Timberwolves were playing an extremely short rotation. How many players did they use? Let me see here. Go to the box score. Well, they used. They had ten players, but uh, oof. What did you think of tonight's game? Um, I, th- I think tonight's game it was a was a rough one. Uh, I think the energy came late once again, uh, which seems to be a, a noticeable thing for Minnesota right now is that the energy tends to come in the second half and we're down by double digits and it's, it's trying to find a way out of the hole. Um, Okogie had a nice, had a nice game. Carlton Towns, and Andrew Wiggins didn't show up until the fourth quarter. Um, their stats look good, but they were mostly garbage minutes and it's just, it's, it's difficult to win in the NBA when your bench is four G league players that just worked <laughs> up the night before. Yeah. yeah. The the Timberwolves were stretching for bodies. Uh, clearly, the acquisition from the last trade, Alan Crabb, he didn't seem to make a positive impact. Yeah. It seems like every time he's in the game, things don't go so well. Uh, but, uh, uh, but really, I think part of the story of the game was that you, we mentioned it uh, talking off air before we started recording. The Timberwolves started a six-five power forward, and the Hawks went right at them. Yeah, it it, it just wasn't a, a good look. I know Minnesota has been very much so focused on running the small ball around Carlton Towns, getting as many shooters on the floor as possible, and it showed tonight that it, it just doesn't work to to play that small. Not not at the moment. You know, I think. Bringing in the new faces will do us a, a great deal of help, but tonight I don't think that should ever. We should never ever see that again. Let's let's just say that. Let's never see that again. <laughs> yeah, and they went away from it in the second half. They they put Nas Reed at center, I guess, to start the second. It did, and he the got center or the power forward. It seemed like he was kind of the center. He was more of a, a, a the center, of course, but uh, they listed him as power forward. But the foul troubles got in his way, and that derailed his. Hype As train. a Hawks person, I was rooting for the foul trouble because I thought he was going to kill somebody on the Hawks. He was like just <laughs> running around, bumping people, swinging. It's like, just just let let's everybody live to see the next day. I mean, he was good. He was active, but it was 
it was I like think that, reckless active a little bit at a couple times. The energy that he he can bring to the team. I think, like I said, I think you know with the trade going down and so many faces walking out the building, um, I think we needed a, a shot of energy, and I think he kind of sparked it. It just we fell short again. It was such a weird vibe. Like the Hawks just seemed like they had the complete pulse of the game the whole the whole time, and then the unofficial reported trade was announced where uh, Dwayne Dedman and two second round picks are coming to Atlanta. Alex Len and Jabari Parker were going to Sacramento. Len was sitting on the bench and then he <laughs> left. And it seemed like from that point on, the Hawks kind of struggled a little bit. I think it was just kind of a, a moment of awkwardness. I know for the Timberwolves side, Ryan Saunders was like just absolutely losing his mind late in the third quarter. Uh, I think there was like a couple of missed rotations and he just, he just lost it. But, the Hawks had a really weird vibe in the fourth, too, and I think it was just because the trade happened, and I think they kind of sensed it or knew it. I think there were the whispers of, oh, you know, what's what's going on? Alex just left. Why? You know, I don't know if they knew or if they were trying to figure it out, but there was definitely a change in the emotion as that trade happened. Yeah. The NBA uh, can be a weird play sometimes. It can. I think that's that's something that, that has to, you know, as a Minnesota fan, you have to, you know, keep your, your, your hand on that pulse at certain period of time. You know, I know everybody seems to be worried about Carl Anthony Towns, you know, whether or not his happiness is, is there, how long do we have him, is the, the clock ticking and, and stuff like that. And I think when you start making trades like this, I think that is something you have to pay attention to. I think, you know, from start to finish in this game, the energy just wasn't there. I think, you know, you have a couple of players just playing with that, that mindset of, you know, is the trade deadline passed yet? I think, you know, when player starts getting traded from your team, I think everybody has the mindset of, am I next? Um, and I think it, it kind of derails, you know, some of the hype train. It kind of derails some of the energy that, that your team has, you know, especially, for instance, you know, Andrew Wiggins. The the big talk, you know, is Andrew Wiggins moving for D'Angelo Russell, you know, I think you got to pay attention to that pulse as well. Like, you know, where are we at right now when it comes to this D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns information? Yeah, I, I kind of liked just the on-court stuff that I saw from Wiggins for some of the game because I think he had a good sense for when it was just him and Trey Young and there wasn't a lot of help in the area. It was like, okay, now is my time to just go bully him. And he did. But, you know, uh, I, I, like I said, I tell everybody, um, I like Andrew Wiggins. I think Andrew Wiggins is a, is a, a good player. And I think that's where we're at for this Minnesota team. You know, the, the sense around the league is that Andrew Wiggins has the most talent in the world, but chooses not to use it. Um, and I think that's where we're at right now. You know, in Minnesota, it's, it's, is Andrew Wiggins going to continue to be here, be that answer, or is it time to move on from Andrew Wiggins? Now, I don't know. I think, I think Minnesota is in a weird place right now. You know, until those, this, this trade, now that this trade is official, I think, you know, we'll start to see some type of, you know, I guess, continuity with right. this team. Um, but right now, until Thursday, 
Um, I think everybody's on on pins and needles in the Minnesota Timberwolves locker room. All right, so let's let's talk about the trade a little bit, the actual trade itself here. Like, if you look at the four teams that were involved in this trade, the Hawks, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, the Rockets. If you had to kind of say, you know, one, two, three, four, who came out best, ranked through, who came out with the least, where would you go with that? In terms of um, what, what, what each team put in and what each team got out of it. If I was going one, two, three, four, I would say Atlanta takes number one. You know, Atlanta gave up, you know, a pick that wasn't their own. Um, right. And it's not in the lottery. Not in the lottery. Gave up a pick that wasn't their own and a second round pick uh, yeah. to, to get themselves a starting caliber center that was the one weakness for their team. Um, so I would say Atlanta goes one. Um, most people won't agree with me, but I really actually like what Minnesota pulled out of this trade. Um, I do too. Malik Beasley is is a great fit for this team. Um, Wancho doesn't get much playing time, but he's a high energy player with a nice shooting. You know, for a team that wants to shoot threes, we talked about this the last podcast. But a team that wants to shoot threes, <laughs> right? Got to bring in shooters, and I think Wancho is a, a, a stretch, you know, a stretch four, one that Minnesota desperately needed to put next to Carl Anthony Towns. Um, and then we had Jared come over as well from Denver, and Jared, if you check his G League highlights, most people don't know him, but if you check his G League highlights, he's a hustler, a rebounder, he's a defender, he has a couple little, a little bit of playmaking skills, you know, he's a, a good you know, a rotation player that comes over, you know, and push come to shove, if they all fall through the, the cracks and don't pan out, none of them are guaranteed, you know. So you're you're heading into this offseason with the money in hand that you want. You know, we also brought back Evan Turner from Atlanta. Um, but from what I'm hearing and the reports is that he'll be bought out. Um, so we won't see much of Evan Turner in, in Minnesota. Um Number three, I will have to go with uh, Houston. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the pure small ball uh, lineup from Houston, but Robert Covington is a great asset that you put next to a team that's going to shoot the ball a thousand times and needs a defender on the wing to be able to guard a team's best player. Um, and Denver, I... Um, I think Denver walked away with Kata Bates, who I really liked. I didn't want to see him leave Minnesota. Um, Kata Bates is, is a, you know, linky, athletic defender, shoot the three, um, understands how to, to play his position. I think Denver walked away with that. But, I mean, you gave up a Malik Beasley who played a, a big role for you off the bench, you know. But I, I think in Denver's mindset, it's, Let's go all in on Michael Porter Jr. I just didn't like the the idea of, you know, giving up Malik Beasley, giving up Vanderbilt, giving up Wancho, and you basically come back with a Kata Bates. You know, they got Savash as well, but, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of – it was one of those confusing trades from Denver aspect, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I – I don't necessarily. I th I would kind of go the same way as you. I would start with Atlanta and then Minnesota. I think I would flip Houston 
and Denver. Uh, I don't really like it for Denver, but I really don't like it for Houston. It just felt like they were trying to save money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look at what they put into it. They put in probably the best player in the whole trade in Capella, and they put mm-hmm. a first-round pick in, and they get Jordan Bell and Robert Covington out of it. And Covington should fit well for what they do. I, I like him as a piece for them. But they had to pay a lot to get him. I'm kind of intrigued by Jordan Bell. I wanted the Hawks to draft Jordan Bell coming out of the draft. You know, what was that, a year and a half ago? Two two and a half years ago. I I can remember when Jordan Bell got drafted out of Oregon. Um, One of the first tweets I I, I sent out was, really, we let Golden State get Jordan Bell? Like, what happened? (laughs) And it didn't really happen for him there. And I guess, did did it happen for him in Minnesota? Didn't, you know, that was the one thing that I think you know, I was most upset about when it came to Jordan Bell and, and the signing in Minnesota. And I think a lot of fans would agree. We didn't see Jordan Bell. And and when we saw Jordan Bell and he got off the bench, you know, he brung the energy. He made the right plays. And then, you know, we'll see him for one game and then seven games go, go by. And he wouldn't get off the bench, but he always kept a smile on his face. He was always happy. He was always cheering. And, and he was always ready. Whenever he put his shorts on, he was always ready. And, you know, and I, I, I don't understand and that's the one thing i can't really put my hands around on why we didn't see more jordan bell you know and he was the one that we signed you know to a two-year deal you know and but never got to see him so i wasn't sure about what was going on there it's funny because like houston like the whole trade like the whole reason this whole trade even starts is because houston gets westbrook Mm-hmm. And they had already started to make a transition to, from being like a pick and roll team, you know, the, everything revolved around the Harden Capella pick and roll. Like three years ago, if you're counting this as a season, or you know, we just name it here, the 2017-18 season, I think Capella led the NBA in dunks because Houston was a pick and roll team. And then you know, last year they started to go away from that and do more ISO. Now they've got Westbrook, and if Westbrook can't shoot, then it really kind of puts a damper on the pick and roll with Capella and the ISO ball is already working for them. So this is just kind of going all in on being sort of an isolation team instead of a pick and roll team. Uh, what Houston does is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Jordan Bell kind of feels like some pick and roll insurance. Like if they use him right, that feels like the ideal fit for him because they, they have such ridiculous spacing because of Harden and because of the defensive attention that he garners. And then defensively, he doesn't necessarily have to be a rim protector. They don't really protect the rim that well to begin with anyways. They just switch everything. Yep. And that seems like a good fit for him. Like, if it doesn't work for him in Houston, I don't know if it's ever going to work for him. I totally agree. Totally agree. I think uh, Jordan Bell will be an interesting piece over in Houston. And that's, that, that's the, I think that's what pushes me to give Houston a nod over Denver is okay. if you're – you you weren't going to, I mean, who was Houston really drafting, you know, with their pick that was going to equal to a Robert Covington? You know, Robert Covington is still in the contract, so they have him for another year. Um, so you wasn't really drafting anyone. If they, they make it as far as they want to make it, you weren't getting anybody in the, the caliber of Robert Covington, which means they would have tried to use that pick anyway further down the line in the draft to get a better player. Um Minnesota made it very, very clear from the start that they wanted two picks for Robert Covington. 
Um, and I think Houston hearing because that, who they really wanted was right. <laughs> so the, what we really wanted was D'Angelo. That was the plan. The whole plan for Minnesota was to get two draft picks for Robert Covington, flip two draft picks to get D'Angelo. Unfortunately, none of that panned out, um, and, and it never even it, it never even really got past uh, a conversation of hey, this is what we're willing to offer, um, and then it led to the Golden State Warriors saying hey, this is what we want, and I think Rosa made it very very clear that that's not happening. Um, as you can, I, I tried to explain to everybody. As you can see. We just pulled off Atlanta, Minnesota, Denver, and Houston pulled off a 12-man. Yeah, yep. I believe. Oh, 12-man trade within a span of, what, three hours? Um, and from the morning all the way into up to that period of time, Minnesota was on the phone trying to convince Golden State to make a trade. And I think Rosa got to that point where it it, it just hit to that line where it was, this isn't happening. Um, but he made it very, very clear that, you know, Minnesota, we're, we're not a playoff team right now. Uh, Robert Covington is not going to increase in value next year. You know, right. you don't keep a Sebastian Napier. He's only on one-year contract. But Noah Vonley is on a one-year contract. Um, you got to do something. You're on, you know, you're, you just lost 12 in a row. You have to do something. And I think, you know, Malik Beasley was always a target that they liked. Um, and he saw the opportunity to get two first-round picks, still get, you know, the player that he feels would benefit this team. And flipping uh, uh, Houston's pick to get a player like Malik Beasley and Wancho and Jared, you just take that opportunity. You know, a lot of fans don't like it because – we were all in on, on D'Lo, get us D'Lo. But a price tag of a 2021st or a 2021st, you know, with the Andrew Wiggins, you know, that's just a, a large price to pay for a team. You know, next year you're hoping to be in the playoffs. You know, I don't know. You can't gut your whole team for one player, you know, especially when you look at, Andrew Wiggins and D'Angelo Russell, and you stare at their stats side by side, and they're pretty much identical. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so you can't say, you know, I'm going to give you this player, you know, to get, you know, because at the bottom line is giving Andrew Wiggins was also an idea for Golden State to say, we'll have Andrew Wiggins, you give us your picks, we'll be able to rebuild our whole dynasty where we left off and I think Rosa saw that as a I'm not going to help you rebuild everything while destroying my team at the same time that's interesting it would have been interesting to see Andrew Wiggins in Golden State that very would have much been so. fascinating that, 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 that would have putting Andrew Wiggins around a team full of shooters has always been something that I said would be very enjoyable to watch you know, but I think Minnesota will appreciate D'Lo, too. Um, he's a fun player. Him and Cat know each other. And like yep. I said, I think at, that's where we're at now as, you know, Minnesota fans, you know. Tonight, 
it's a prime example. Cat just didn't seem like it was there. You know, now whether that is, you know, the shock of everything just happening or something else happening in life, but Cat just didn't have it tonight. And now as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, the panic mode seeps in and now it's it's Carlton Towns about to demand a trade. Is he unhappy? Is Rosa <laughs> yeah. so, it, it, is Rosa going to cave and say, let me go get D and pay this hefty price that I don't want to pay to keep Carlton Towns happy? Or are Minnesota fans just overreacting to, you know, this situation and, and Carlton Towns is perfectly fine and, and just it, it needs a day, you know? So I don't know. We're in a weird place right now. So, you know, I think bottom line, Atlanta, you know, facilitated a, a humongous deal that helped out three other teams, you know, while hands down walking away with the best player. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy that they're just, I don't know. If if you're worried about Towns and worried about a situation, they just gutted the roster. Like, it's just so many different people. Mm. You just It just seems like, it seems like a lab experiment over which you're not going to have a lot of control. You just have people in, people out. And I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I tell people, it's, you know, it's, Sometimes it's, Atlanta continuity is, is good. Yeah, Atlanta is a prime example. Um, Trey, the, the report came out that Trey Young wanted help, and you know Lloyd and the team came together and said, this is what we can do. This is what's in our hands that we can control. We can control this, this, and this, and that's all we can do. And I think at a certain period of time, that's all a front office can do, is attempt to do something Executed. I mean, we've been Minnesota has been running after D'Angelo since the off season, you know, and and I think I'm to the point. And like I said, I don't speak for the front office, and I don't speak for you know the whole fan base. But I think I'm to the point where it's like I don't think it's gonna happen, you know. And and which thing is gonna happen? I don't think D'Angelo is coming to Minnesota. Oh no, I don't think he is. I just. just, (laughs) don't see I've, I've, I don't see a avenue uh, in which there is a clear path that both teams walk away with a fair deal that gets D'Angelo here I just don't yeah I don't either. yeah I don't so I think now is that time in which you have to say is this team going to step up and start winning games or are we just officially going for the number one spot and going for the first seed and accepting it yeah, I think that's where we're at right now. You know, I think Minnesota fans have to take a step back from this situation and just it's year one for for Rosa. And for all I know is that Rosa just pulled off a 12 man trade. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all you can sit on right now and just wow. be patient. And wait, you know, yeah. you know, he I does know. want to get fleeced in his first big move. Can't you know? I tell yeah. I've been I tell people I tell fans all the time. You know, you have to look at it from the, the clear viewpoint. If I get fleeced and D'Angelo comes over and he doesn't pan out, 
then I don't have a first-round pick. I don't have a first-round pick next year. Right. I don't have an Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> All I have is two friends that are happy to play with each other, but we're still losing games. Yeah. You know, uh, I tell everybody, prime example, when Atlanta wanted to make Trey Young happy, they did not ship out Kevin Herter and Cam Reddish and John Collins and other players like that to bring back, you know, a person who you're not 100% sure on. Fair enough. Uh, do you have any feelings on the, the trade that the Hawks made today, reportedly? Oh, Dwayne, it was so... Dwayne Debman and two picks coming in and Alex Lennon and Jabari Parker going out? I have no idea how that was pulled off. I don't. I have no idea. I, I None. You know, I was joking with... Um, some of my, my friends and coworkers that I wish Gorgie, you know, I wish the Rosa would have said, Hey, we'll give you Gorgie and take that. That's to take back Detman, who I believe, what is he making? 13 mil yeah. and Atlanta's out. So he's got one, one more year after this year. And then basically like a, a very small, partially guaranteed contract for the year beyond that. Yeah. You know, so you, you, you walked away with more picks after sending out a second, just the day before. And you walked away with two seconds now. Yeah. And I mean, they're bad two. seconds. It's Houston this year, Miami next year. So they'll both be in the 50s, which, yeah, I mean, the difference between 40 and 50 in the NBA draft is usually pretty <laughs> massive. <laughs> so I th- I they're, just, not, they're not great picks, but, you know, they're, they're trade chips and, you know, you can get somebody. You, yeah, and uh, you, didn't, you didn't really give up anything. I mean, Alex Lynn... And Detman, I mean, I think Detman is the better of the two, you know, yeah. and 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 he's on he's on he I mean he's the one who's under contract for next year. So basically, Len is just filler in this deal. Is exactly. that Parker has an option to stay, which because he's hurt, even though he was pretty good on the offensive end for the beginning of the year, he's been hurt. So maybe he picks that up just because teams are going to be like, I don't know, you know, it's just. <laughs> I don't know if he can. Can he get six million next year on the open market? Maybe, uh, but it's it's a tricky decision to make because he's been hurt. He was very good. He was explosive, really, offensively. Um, but you know his shoulders hurt. It, I think his shoulders really been hurt the whole year. Like, and he hasn't shot well. Yeah, Either, you know he's not a great shooter necessarily to begin with, but I think it was a little bit worse than usual just because his shoulder didn't feel right. Mm. And then, you know. Len is basically, I think, just makes the salaries match, and he's going to be a free agent. So it's basically an exchange of Parker, who may or may not be on your team for $6 million next year, for Deadman, who will make thirteen and will be, and then a couple of second-round picks that aren't really that great. And, I, you know, if you look at the way the team is set up, I think for the way the Hawks look at it, it just makes more sense for them to have a center for next year than another power forward in Jabari Parker if he opts to stay in. Uh, a center makes more sense if, you know, if they had no plans on re-signing Len. Uh, and and Collins and Deadman have pretty good chemistry. So I think the way you might see, you know, the rotation shake out, we've seen a lot of DeAndre Hunter playing sort of a small ball four as a, as a rookie. And that makes a lot more sense with Clint Capella than it does mm-hmm. with any of... Uh, any of the players that were on the Hawks roster before that. So I, I think you'll see a lot of Hunter Capella pairings as well as a lot of Collins Deadman pairings. 
Uh, I mean, I think you'll see Collins and, De- uh, Collins and Capella start together. But then when it comes time to staggering things, I think you'll, I think you'll see things fall along those, more, those pairings uh, in terms of what happens between the you know, starts and ends of games. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and like I said, and speaking from the Minnesota, you know, standpoint, like I said, you know, Malik Beasley is, you know, a great fit to put next to Carlin Towns. His, he has a three point jump shot. Uh, he's not a great defender, but it, it's definitely there. You know, I guess the question is how much, you know, are we going to pay Malik Beasley? That's, that's the question that, you know, a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves fans are asking. But we walked away with, you know, sending out players who weren't going to be here next year and a Robert Covington who value wasn't going to remain as high. You know, we received a, a first-round pick, and you got three young potential players, you know. And some former first-round picks. <laughs> yeah. All right. And, uh, and, and I think that's what it is. And like I said, you know, none of these pan out. Then you walk into the offseason season you know, with more cast space than you had to start with. Yeah. And it's never a bad thing to look for talent, especially young talent like Hernan Gomez and Beasley on a team that's good, but not just good, but deep. Like Denver's a deep team. That's a deep roster. And so, you know, if they have talented 11, 12, 13 guys, that might be somebody worth trading for. I, I think it's smart that, that Minnesota tried for them. Exactly. And, I, and, and Denver, hands down, scouting department is not bad you know this is the same team that went out and got Jokic and and murray and beasley and harris and and will bark a lot of money though <laughs> yeah i did give them that kind of the the murray deal feels a little bit like the wiggins deal it's like did you want to see a little bit more first yeah <laughs> oh well I don't know. I guess I think... I'm getting loopy. I can't believe that the Hawks brought in Capella, and this he's got is, the golden is... patch in his hair, and he picked and, Dennis Schroeder's number, and he got it for basically nothing. That's that's what I think is the most important thing. And Atlanta got this for basically nothing. Yeah, rebounding has been an issue, and if nothing else, I expect him to be a good rebounder. Hmm. Well, anyways, thanks for Kevin Herter. We we appreciate uh, it over here. Right, that still angers me. Still angers me. It's we been a good to... couple of weeks for Kevin Herter. I think I think he's kind of hit the best stretch of his career, uh, late uh, early February, late January of this season. He's he just looks really really comfortable as a ball handler, as a shooter, as a defender, even as a rebounder. Like, I don't know. I, I was praying well, the when, holes when are I... going away. When that four team, you know, popped up, I was like, please let it be getting hurt or somehow, <laughs> somewhere. Just let it. All right, Talal. It's late. I, I, I'll let you go. I really appreciate the time. Uh, I, I, I wanted to do it after the game so we could talk about the game and the trade. And yep. it's good to hear from you again. I'm glad we had this opportunity. Of course, man. All right. Take care. All right, man.